The scripture reading this morning is from 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, the 32nd to the 50th verses. This is the story of David and Goliath. It's told in the scriptures. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You're not able to do that. No one against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy, and he's been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by his hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put on a coat of armor and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he wasn't used to them. I can't go in this, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to this. So he took them off. And he took his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the stream and put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield-bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog? Did you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the, of the field. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, that, who, that you have defiled. This day... The Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give you the, give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole earth will know that there is a God of Israel. All those gathered will know that it is not by a sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. And reaching into his bag, he took out a stone, and he slung it, and he struck the Philistine right on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell forwards down on the ground. 
So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, without a sword in his hand, and he struck down the Philistine and killed him. So what a great story this morning. What a great story. David and Goliath. It's got everything. It's got good versus evil. It's, you know, intrigue. What's going to happen? Violence. You know, David, we didn't read this part, but David afterwards takes up that, that giant sword and lobs off Goliath's head, scares off the Philistines. It's great. Little tiny kids. Pretty, pretty gory, really, I guess. But... You know, here's little David, young, scrawny, unimpressive, facing off Goliath, the giant, hairy, smelly, grunting, looks like he would be sticky if you touched him, flies buzzing around his head. It's a classic tale of good and evil, of right conquering might, of the little guy winning out over the giant. But what, i got to tell you, what's interesting to me about this story that comes to us from the Word of God is that it's not about God at all, is it? I mean, God didn't do anything. David was the one who in his faith came up with this notion. He said, look, I've taken on lions, I've taken on bears, I can take on this Philistine. Why? Because God, God has shown me a destiny. And it's really a story about how clever David is. It's really a story about how David, even though he wasn't king yet, although Solomon, Samuel had uh, anointed him already, that he was always king because he always knew what was right. And it's a story about David's faith in who God had destined the Hebrew people to be. What God did in this story is empower David through faith. The significance of this story really lies in the context of its very first readers. The Hebrew people in exile and then after the exile, they had returned. These were the, when they were carried off to Babylon, these stories of David became, uh, uh, and David of this being a great king were compiled into their present form. These people had been conquered and marched off thousands of miles away to a foreign land in Babylon. The story of the young king defeating the giant was a great source of strength and of hope for a people who were oppressed and without hope, whose lives were not in their own control. David def David's defeat of Goliath was significant when after their return from exile, the Hebrew people once again found themselves being conquered over and over again by the Macedonians and the Cilicians. And later on, finally, Rome comes along and takes over. And it's during those troubling times that the people of God began to long for a Savior, long for a Messiah, and the person they looked to for their image of what that Messiah would be like was David, the mighty king, the one who defeated Goliath. That's what we need. We need another David to come around to rescue them, to come and defeat Rome and to bring them back to the greatness they once knew. And so when Jesus came and His followers began to claim that He was the Messiah they were waiting for, people were, i got to say, a little disappointed. 
Really? Jesus? Nazarene? Carpenter? Poor? Because they thought that the Messiah was coming and was going to take care of business. Going to take it all on. And He didn't. Jesus didn't fit that bill. All Jesus did kept talking about the kingdom of God is in you. And that if you had faith, if you had enough faith, you could move mountains. If you had enough faith, you could heal people. If you had enough faith, you could walk on water. If you had enough faith, you could calm the storms. In fact, the gospel message today, if we were in the gospel in Mark, in the lectionary today, is a story of, of Jesus calming the storms. Here they're out on the boat and the, and the wind and the, and the waves start coming up and the disciples are freaking out because there was this great storm and they thought they were going to die. And so they wake up Jesus, who's asleep, and who clearly is not worried <laughs> as he's taking a nap, and he begrudgingly calms the storm. And now we have come to think of this story about how incredible Jesus' divinity is. Look! He calms the storm. It's a miracle. It, we come to think that this story is about Jesus calming the storm and how, how incredible it is. Jesus must be divine because he, he calmed the storm. In fact, that's what the disciples kind of thought. Wow, who is this guy that can, calm the, can control the seas and everything like that? But I don't think that's what that story is about. That story is about the fact that the disciples didn't have enough faith. Jesus says, where is your faith? He scolds them. Do you have so little faith? After he calms the storm, he looks at him and says, what's the matter with you? Where is your faith? And so the story of calming the storm is not so much about what Jesus can do, but it's about how little faith the disciples had in their own ability to get through any difficulty life brings about. It's about how the disciples didn't get it. They were professional fishermen. They should have enough confidence to get through this, but they, they lacked the faith that Jesus had in their abilities. Jesus seems to be echoing David here, saying to the Israelite army gathered to them, do you have so little faith in what God has given you and destined you to be? You're going to let this Philistine defile the army of God? Fine, I'll go. <laughs> At its heart, what the David and Goliath story is about for us today is really kind of twofold. You know, as we run forward, we try to claim this story for ourselves. What does it mean for us? Because sometimes, you know, I think, you know, we're not, we're not a people in exile so much. Although more and more I'm starting to think maybe we are. But, uh, you know, we're not off in Babylon. Sometimes I think, our, you know, we as people of faith and followers of Christ, sometimes I think we've become Goliath at times in our history. And it gets a little scary. David also went through that phase of forgetting who he was and whose he was. And I think we forget that on occasion. But So here we are trying to claim this story again for ourselves. And I think it comes to us twofold. First, I think it speaks to our community as it did in the days of exile to the Hebrew community. I think it does. In one sense, we're not in exile. But in another, we are. Because we are people who don't belong in this world. We are people who live out our lives as citizens of another world, it says in the Bible. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. Amen? 
And so this world seems foreign to us when the Spirit is speaking. Amen? And so in a lot of ways, we, we are struggling with that. And so yes, maybe we are in exile. And i got to tell you, as, as, a, as a community who is trying to reclaim Christianity away from those who use it to perpetuate hate and to perpetuate uh, ex- exclusion and who use the name of Christ to oppress and to harm and to justify their own behavior, yes, we are in exile. Yes, we are fighting a Goliath. And it feels a lot like that. So it says that we are a people of destiny and hope and that our faith is something that empowers us together as the body of Christ to defeat the principalities and powers, as Paul calls them, of this world and to move toward the kingdom of God Jesus is constantly talking about. Over and over and over again, Jesus tells us that we have what it takes to live out the kind of world God created and the kind of world God wants it to be like again. Jesus gave us what we need, including one another, including God's Holy Spirit. I know so often the people that were listening to Jesus were expecting something else. They were expecting Jesus to just wrap it all up in a package and hand it over. It doesn't work that way. Even today, so many of us are just waiting. So many of our brothers and sisters are just waiting for Jesus to come and wrap it all up, hand it to us in a package. The Goliaths are out there, and yet so much of Christianity seems content to wait for Jesus to just fix it all. And in truth, I think Jesus is waiting for us to get some real faith and to begin to deal with the things in the world that Jesus thought were so important. So often I think people avoid the real Goliaths because they're huge. They're big. The red mark on the pole, right? Our Goliaths are huge. And it's going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us plus God to accomplish them and to change things. But people ignore the real Goliaths and make up other ones that seem easier to deal with. Arguing about things like whether, the, whether, the, whether God should be in the Pledge of Allegiance is like Goliath in this story being about a four-foot skinny guy and everyone thinking that he's nine feet tall and being real excited when David defeats him. It's not that significant. <laughs> and it's only significant when we make it significant. What's really significant, we know what's really significant. Justice and the poor and the the hopelessness that goes on in this world. That's what Jesus cares about. Not the Pledge of Allegiance. There are real Goliaths out there. And they've been given to us to conquer. Too many to name. We all know what they are and our faith gives us all that we need to conquer them together. And if we don't, nobody will. I believe that. This is our Goliath. These things that... And you know what they are. They are ours to conquer. They've been given to us. Even this small ragtag group of little Christians gathering here and singing songs and loving one another, 
given to us to transform and to bring about hope in this hurt and broken world. That's the Goliath we've been given. We're well on our way, but we've got to hang in there. The other significance for us today in this story, as I hear it from Scripture, is that we can act to change things in our own lives as well. Giant things. Impossible things. What David has is a vision. He declares victory before the fight even begins. Why? Because he has such faith that he can conquer those Goliaths in his way. What I hear God saying through this story, through the whole ministry of Christ, is that I can do it. And you can do it. Whatever that Goliath it is, it is about faith in God and it is about faith in yourself. So often I think our crises of faith are less about God's ability to do things and more about our own fear that we are not enough. That we lack what it takes. But I think what David represents is all that God has instilled within each and every one of you and within me. And that Holy Spirit that connects us to God as we struggle and fight to change our own lives for the better. And to wake up to a new day and say, this day, I'm going to wrestle that Goliath to the ground. I'm going to grab his sword and I'm going to lob his head off. (laughs) We all face serious Goliaths at times. Things that are totally going to change our lives. Or the giant realities we have to face. This relationship is over. Our children are hurting and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm losing my job and I don't know what's coming tomorrow. The doctor is giving me some news and it's scary. I've lost someone suddenly and I feel so alone. I have to face the fact that my problem needs to be dealt with or I'm going to end up losing everything. Those are huge life choices and difficulties. Obstacles and mountains we have to climb. Yet at those times, I invite you, as the song I sang today says, to listen to the voice of truth within you. It says, you can do it. The voice of God telling you that you have everything you need to get through it. God saying, I have provided within you what it takes to conquer these things and to face these realities and to move forward through your life to a better and a new day. It is sufficient. Your sling and your stone and your wits 
and your faith. And your faith in God. But maybe even more importantly, the faith God has in you can get you through it. In addition to that, what a blessing it is to have a community and a space where sacred things can happen. Where you can be pulled in and set aside for a moment. Just experience some grace. None of us are alone. We have God. We have each other. Amen. It is my prayer that we all hear the voice when we need it the most from God. From the people around you who love you. From a song. From wherever. Whenever. But when it speaks, listen. And with the faith that God has instilled within you, you can make it. Let us pray. Loving God, God who helps us conquer, God who brings us victory over our biggest challenges, God who has given us everything we need to face the Goliaths in our life, we come to You and we thank You and we, help, we invite You to remind us of just how wonderfully made we are and how well equipped we are to be the person You called us to be, to be the community You called us to be, to live out a life that is full and abundant. Amen.